0: So, how would you define a maverick?
1: Um, well, the, the phrase I like is, um, uh, is actually one that another uh, another academic used, which is a positive deviant. So oh, I like to that. Me, to me, mavericks are people that, you know, kind of play to a different set of rules, either organisationally or socially. And yet are very effective within, you know, the wider um, kind of social context. Um, So if you put a maverick next to somebody who isn't a maverick, Mm -hmm. then the maverick should outperform them just about any old way that you, you look at them. But they definitely won't get to whatever solution they're looking at by the same route as everybody else around them. It will be very noticeably different.
0: Okay. Thank you. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements and you just Mm -hmm. need to say true, false or can't decide. Okay. People tell me that I'm a maverick. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I am much more productive than other people. True. I have very unusual talents. True. I am generally underestimated by people.
1: Um, False.
0: I do things differently and better than most people when I work. True. Thank you. Why do you do things differently, Trevor?
1: Um, that's a very a very good question to which I probably don't have a good answer. Um, I I think there is definitely a different thinking process I go through when presented with you know either an opportunity or or a challenge, um, and I think quite often I will go back very much to first principles. What am I re- you know very basic stuff? What am I really dealing with here, rather than you know trying to automatically go for the pre-packaged solution
0: okay does doing things differently require certain skills and if so what are they uh it definitely does i think you need um
1: uh, i mean i think i think there are personal characteristics as well as skills i mm-hmm. think i think you need to be generally of an upbeat temperament and mm-hmm. quite uh persistent and resilient mm-hmm. um I think in terms of skills, you need the ability to communicate
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to build confidence in others and to bring stakeholders along with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. What are the challenges to being a maverick?
1: Um, I, I think it's the old thing of being a square peg in a round hole. You know, it's, there's a point at which it goes from being, um, you know, productively strange to being just plain strange. Okay, okay. Um, And I think if you cross that line, then people just will lose confidence in what you're doing and won't support it.
0: Okay. You've already answered the next question, but I'll ask you in case you want to add anything else. Is what aspects of your character influence your maverick approach?
1: I think it is that kind of generally upbeat temperament. Mm -hmm.
0: Do, Do you think your childhood in any way impacted on your being a maverick?
1: I don't know. I mean, I would say um, from a very early, from a very early age, mm-hmm. I was noted for being very garrulous, you know, very talkative, very curious. OK. And I would say my mother in particular encouraged that.
0: OK. Um,
1: and I think she also encouraged me to have a very broad domain knowledge, mm-hmm. to read very widely. Um, so I think those aspects probably did, yes.
0: OK. Mavericks often have unusual talents. What would you say yours are?
1: Um, I, I, I would say that my unusual talents are, are in areas like the, you know, the creative arts. I'm mm-hmm. very skilled at um, using often quite crude communication tools to produce quite impressive results like very highly animated pieces of PowerPoint where other people might have, you know, just put a couple of boxes in a flowchart on a, on a page. Right, okay. Yeah, so, so certainly in terms of applying, you know, um, things like um, communication skills, um, in terms of being able to um manipulate various kinds of technologies mm-hmm. in ways that other people seem to struggle with okay. um, being able to bring um particularly you know in the last few years where there's been a lot of uh, kind of data rich projects for me being able to work with data that other people can't seem to get to grips with
0: okay how do you see rules?
1: um it generally is a negative thing um, okay and generally, is something that you ask for uh, forgiveness for having broken. Okay.
0: Have you always taken a maverick approach to business, or was there a particular trigger?
1: Um, I think I think it really started when I came into consultancy. Okay. Um, I, I think that's. Re- I, I think there had been elements of it up until. You know, I was in my kind of mid-twenties, and I'd had a few jobs up until that point. But when I came into consultancy, I was suddenly thrown into situations where the majority of my peers were doing very recognizably textbook pieces of work
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a market that really didn't value that anymore. Okay, And and that then gave me an opportunity, a platform really, to to kind of get really out there and in front of people in a a way that I probably hadn't been before. And because it was successful, then I was encouraged to do more of it.
0: Wonderful. Are you always a maverick or do you choose to be so at times?
1: No, I think it's a choice. You know, it it, it definitely, um, I I mean, if I have to play by the rules, I can do it. You know, even I have to get my expenses paid. Yeah, okay. uh, (laughs) Yeah, so I, I, it is a choice. Okay. Um, I think there are certain circumstances where, you know, I almost can't help myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. But most of the time, I'm pretty conscious of the, the, the approach I'm taking.
0: Okay, so two questions on that. How and why do you choose to be a maverick or not?
1: Well, gen- generally because I think it's going to produce a more successful outcome. Okay. Um, it's It's about the outcome.
0: Okay. And is this choice a conscious or unconscious decision?
1: I would say it is pretty conscious. Okay.
0: What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business?
1: Um, I, I think the main the main advantage I, I think is around, um, you know, kind of reputation and uh, what what sometimes is called eminence. You know, you you. You, get a, you, you do get a word of mouth as a maverick. People phone me up every single day you know, to talk to me about topics that they, they think I will bring something very different to. Okay. Um, and, and that's a good thing because that keeps me busy and, and busy is good. Okay. Um, I think the disadvantages are that um, some people think that's all you are you know, and, and therefore there are certain classes of business opportunity that they'll, they'll think I wouldn't necessarily be interested in or be suitable for, right. and some of those are actually ones that probably are in my, my best interest career-wise to get okay. involved in.
0: Okay. Has Asian experience altered your Maverick approach? How?
1: Um, uh, it's probably made me more sophisticated in, you know, the um, the skill set and the knowledge I can deploy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's certainly made me much, much better at a, being able to communicate to others why they should maybe go with my Maverick approach as opposed to, you know, the one that's come out of the textbook or the one that's been done five times before. Okay.
0: What aspects of your life and business are you most and least Maverick in?
1: Um... Let's do the business one first. Okay. Um I think it, i think in business it you know, I work for a large corporation, a very large corporation, and I'm at my least maverick when dealing with organisational processes in my own employer. Okay. Because they are simply not influencible by me. Okay. Um I'm probably at my most um maverick um when I am Working on client projects mm-hmm. where um, it, it is a, an intransigent pro- problem that we're dealing with, something that has, people maybe have been trying to solve for many, many, many years mm-hmm. and been unsuccessful. That really gets me going.
0: Okay. Um, okay. And in life?
1: In in life, I would say again. You know, I tend to be at my most maverick when dealing with you know the the visual arts Mm -hmm. or you know kind of other areas of of the creative arts probably least least uh, maverick when I'm doing housework
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, I've not figured out the maverick way to do washing up
1: (laughs) no no
0: okay how do you balance being a maverick with home life then
1: um I think it's um yeah, that's a very good question, actually. Um, I think I rely on my wife to tell me to behave. Um,
0: <laughs> ah, I love it.
1: Yeah, I love think, it. I think it is, I, I think you definitely. I I I need a little bit of socialisation. Okay. you know. Okay. So she keeps me grounded. Yes. Um,
0: that makes Because sense.
1: I think I, I I do I do recognise that you know kind of I will get carried away if I'm not careful, and you do need somebody to kind of damp that down a bit.
0: Okay. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind?
1: Uh, yes, I, I think so. Um, I didn't really want to end up with that gravestone that said, you know, a safe pair of hands.
0: Okay. You know,
1: that doesn't okay. really sound like me. I want to be people to feel I'm a safe pair of hands, but I don't want them to remember me that uh, way. Okay.
0: How much of, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give back?
1: Um I it's not really kind of entered my head actually. Okay, fair enough. No. How
0: do your ethics and value impact on being a maverick, do you think?
1: Um quite a lot. Um you know, I mean one of the reasons I think there are certain circumstances where I choose to be quite maverick. It's often where I'm presented with something which I just am not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You know, I look at it and I go, no, I don't want to help them develop that kind of product. Mm. But on the other hand, you can't really just turn around to a client and say, I'm sorry, I don't like what you're paying me for. (laughs) Um, Mm. And therefore, I think trying to be a lot more lateral with it, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to take, you know, ideas in new directions, uh, maybe think about the commercial opportunity in a very different kind of way. I think that's when, you know, I then reach into myself and that maverick, you know, tendency comes out.
0: Okay. Mavericks tend to be risk-takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date?
1: Um, well, I'd, I'd say probably, I mean, probably the biggest risk I can think of is is going back many, many years where, um, I was working for a beer company
0: mm-hmm.
1: who were trying to dramatically improve their, their revenues and mm-hmm. they were just trying to do it in a very traditional way, more advertising, yeah, yeah. bigger, better campaigns, all that kind of stuff. And, um, I persuaded them that they should, um, adopt a little known kind of product from Australia, um, which um, did not exist really in any other market at that time. But okay. to me, just it just screamed out at me as the future of, you know, kind of particularly youth uh, alcohol consumption. And that was really the birth of things like uh, ready-to-drink products or, or okay. what are sometimes called alco-pots. Yes, okay. Yeah. Um, so that was a tremendous... Both personal risk in terms of credibility. I mean, there were there were no benchmarks to say it would succeed. Mm. Uh, so it was a completely different market, a uh, completely different technology to make it, completely different supply chain to supply it, <coughs> uh, different positioning in the marketplace. Uh, you know, it was a it was a big personal and um, professional risk. Okay. Oh, and it was successful, by
0: the way. Oh, well, I figured that bit. Thank you. <laughs> okay, um, for clarifying that. Yeah. How many ventures have you taken in the past five years? But if you're working for an organisation, that could be projects instead.
1: Yeah, it's probably probably of the order of about 25 or 30.
0: Okay. And what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture?
1: Um, I think I look at it at two, two, two levels, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything I get involved in really has got to have some kind of measurable kind of business benefit associated okay. with it. Yeah. And the projects I do rarely have cost savings. Mm-hmm. So these, these projects have really got to sell more product
0: mm-hmm.
1: or they've got to um, get market share from a competitor. Okay. So there's those kind of hard, hard metrics. metrics yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: I think the the other side of it is, and they don't always come hand in hand, mm-hmm. is that all of the people that are involved in it just know it was the right thing to do and it was a great experience. Okay. Because that says to me that even if it doesn't generate, say, the revenue that it set out to, then they will carry forward some of that capability into whatever they do next. So somewhere down the line it will pay back.
0: Okay, so of the 25-30 ventures that you've done, what percentage were successful according to your definition of success? Well
1: I would say in the last five years I would say probably all but one were successful.
0: Okay, and what did you do that made, that, made the ventures successful?
1: Um, I, I, I think I, I mean it's often what somebody once said to me a, a very wise guy said to me Trevor you should be allowed to start things but you should never feel the need to stay around to the end and I think that's okay. generally what I do very well is I get them started with a really high energy start but with a, all the right kind of structures around what they're trying to do okay. and a sense that, and a sense that they can do it even though it might be something a little bit strange.
0: Okay. Of the one that was unsuccessful, then, what yep. would you consider was the main reason for its failure?
1: Um. It. It was. Though probably the timing was probably as poor as you could ever want. Okay. Um, and, and I think if, you know, given our time again, we probably would have qua- what we call qualified it out. We probably would not have actually taken the work on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was with a, a client we've worked with for many, many years, um, and they kind of twisted our arms. And it was the wrong time of the year to do a particular kind of project, and uh, resources weren't available, a sponsor for the project wasn't available. Um, in the end, we, we ended up almost like doing it to them, as opposed to, you know, a, a, a healthy collaboration. mm
0: mm-hmm. Okay. As a maverick, what are you afraid of?
1: Um, I think going too far, actually. Um, kind of, um, and there have been a couple of occasions where I have nearly gone too far.
0: Okay. Um...
1: You know, I think that is probably my biggest fear, losing that sense of um, judgment of of what is healthy maverick behavior and what then becomes ego stroking.
0: Okay, very much so. How important is team to you as a maverick?
1: Um, It's actually very, it's very important. Even when I'm working by myself, I feel, you know, the need to be connected to... You know, kind of colleagues around the world. I mean, I I, I don't believe that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really believe anymore in the in the kind of the the sole inventor. You know, kind of in the dark room, worrying away, etc. I think the sort of things I get involved in are so complex. It's just one person just simply can't do it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm I don't lose that sense of you know who has to take the decision you okay. know. so team is important but at the end of the day you know if I think it's right it's going to be done my way okay do
0: you draw on other mavericks in any way
1: uh yes I do actually yes I do yeah I network amongst kind of various maverick type characters internally and externally and we tend to know each other and we tend to help each other out yes okay
0: does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership
1: um, I wouldn't have immediately said so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you—you'd probably be better to ask the, the followers what they okay. think. Actually, <laughs>
0: okay. I—I
1: I su- suspect it. What it probably does mean is that I am. Um. I—I I certainly, if I think if I think a particular direction is right. Okay. then I am going to pursue that. Okay. And I will always try to bring the team with me and consult you know, mm. with the team. But yeah. there comes a point where actually I'm go- I'm going to say, no, that's the way we're going to go. Do it.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so I think it does affect it in that sense. But I-, I wouldn't say it's a major factor. And I don't have a reputation for burning people out around me and people seem to still like working for me and they come back for more. So it obviously must be doing something for people. Yeah,
0: okay. Is being a maverick related to creativity? And if so, how?
1: To productivity. To
0: creativity.
1: Oh, creativity. Yeah, well, I, I think it is. I mean, I, I think, you know, the... Um, I, I think it's very unlikely that somebody with a low level... Let, let's separate style and level. Okay. I think if you have a relatively low level of creativity, you haven't got much chance of surviving as a maverick. Now, whether it... whether whether it makes a difference as to whether you're kind of innovative or adaptive, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. Um, you know, I I tend to be more disruptive in my thinking. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not the classic. Oh, well, let's see if we can make it a little bit better, kind of creatively. Mm. Um, I'm more likely to say, let's make it completely different. Okay. Um, but definitely, I th- I think level is important. Okay.
0: What about innovation? How is being a maverick related to innovation?
1: Well, well, to me, you know, when I, you know, when I sit down to write down what what I mean by innovation, I often write down ideas that add value, okay. and I think that's really what um, what being a maverick is all about. You know, it's it's it, it's about finding maybe the ideas that kind of a slightly left of centre or, or, or maybe have been kind of rejected and then finding perhaps new ways of, of generating value out of them.
0: Okay. Are there any career choices that you regret as it relates to your potential as a maverick?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I, career is an interesting one, actually. I mean, um, most of the mavericks outside of... Um Kind of big corporations that I tend to meet tend to be either in very very small companies or 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 they're often working by themselves mm-hmm. um, but but in big companies um my experience is that mavericks do find ways of surviving and mm-hmm. having pretty good careers okay. and you know generally the way they do that is by finding the bits of the business where that maverick behavior really does does generate results. So, you know, if you take me as an example, okay. then, you know, as soon as you start talking about things which are very, very new or or, or things which have been problems for a very long time, mm-hmm. then I am definitely going to make my mark on that kind of project or that kind of venture. And other people will probably get very frustrated or, or just won't make any progress. Um and And to do that, you tend to attach yourself to you know people often at a senior level who who kind of understand where you fit in the mix okay. and 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 therefore you have to kind of effectively you your career path really is very heavily influenced by them okay. um so you know it's it, it it' it's it's not to say that you you know you're kind of following absolutely in their footsteps but it means that you're often using their network in the organisation to find the roles because
0: okay.
1: um, they know the other people that will value your talents.
0: Right. Thank you. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Anyone at all?
1: Um, I, I kind of like, um, um, in, in some ways, some of the quieter mavericks. I mean, um, you know, particularly the ones that um, you know really have kind of overturned the way that people look at um, things which are very, very familiar. I mean, one of the, the mavericks I really admire is a guy called Seymour Papet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've come across him. No,
0: how do you spell his name?
1: Uh, so it's... Seymour? Um, P-A-P-E-R-T. P-A-P-E-R-T.
0: P-A-P-E-R-T.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Seymour Papet... Um, Basically, changed the way that people think about um, how children learn,
0: okay.
1: and in the process of doing that, he also created a completely new way of programming computers and a completely new way of thinking about kind of uh, education for for young children. How you should structure it. Um, and he wrote a very well-respected book that's very easy to read, called *Mindstorms*, quite a long time ago. And and he's definitely a maverick for me in the sense okay. that you know he he's in a very very staid part of academia, or he was in a very staid part of academia with very fixed views of how the world was. And he just came along and went, "It's not like that." And not only that, but he then you know applied himself to creating something that. Um, you know, has lasted 30, 40 years and is still kind of building in momentum. Okay. So he would be one that I would offer up.
0: Okay. Who's someone in your life that makes all the difference?
1: Uh, Sorry, what was that? Who's...
0: Someone in your life that makes all the difference?
1: Um. Well, I suppose there's the cheesy answer, which is my wife, of course. That's not the cheesy answer. Um, You'd
0: be surprised how many men gave that one.
1: Yeah. I... I would say there is a um, I'll, I'll give you a slight a more probably a more okay. honest answer okay um, which is I think there is a kind of a generic kind of female singer okay um, that I gravitate to all through my life from a very early age um, and again it probably comes back to my mother who was a singer but um, and and I find that those kinds of singers are kind of an endless well of inspiration for me. Okay. And, and they are often Mavericks in their own right. Okay. You, know, um, you know, they're often people who've, you know, found it very difficult to succeed in that industry. And, you know, they're often people who, you know, when you look at them, you think they should be some teen pop idol, but they write mm. tremendously well, mm. like a really high-end poet, you know. Um, so, they're very counter, you know, current trends and things like that. So, You know, every couple of years another one turns up, um, and that's where I get a lot of my my real inspiration from.
0: Thank you, thank you for sharing that. As a maverick, what motivates you?
1: Um, I, I think it's just doing interesting work and doing it with interesting people. Okay. That's really what kind of drives me forward.
0: Do you like being a maverick?
1: Uh, most of the time, I mean, I think I think there are occasions where, you know, it, it becomes almost like a, a an expected piece of performance, mm-hmm. um, almost like a piece of acting, and I and and at that point it it, it becomes more like a mask I'm wearing rather than rather than me. me, um, and then I don't like like being a maverick at all.
0: Thank you. My final question. What would you have liked to have been asked that I haven't asked you?
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's another that's another cheesy one, isn't it? Um, I would say, um, I mean, a good I think a good question for a maverick is, um, I th- i th- I think it, it would be something along the lines of: um, Are there situations where? Being a maverick is positively harmful.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. I'm going to switch off the recorder because that's the end of the interview. Okay. And then I'm going to talk to you.